Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Band Radio, talk from the left that's right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. It's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room on the show page or the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And you'll be able to, as long as you sign for a blog talk radio account and you'll be able to join us and ask questions in the chat like sometimes people do. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. <clears throat> either on the show thread at liberal.com, facebook.com slash liberalban, or at liberalbanradio on Twitter. And remember, you can always support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash liberalban, and you could either buy uh, commercial advertising or just you know throw five bucks or something at the show if you like what you're so appreciate that. Uh, the first sponsor is Demonox, uh, at xdemonox on Twitter. And I appreciate him supporting the show and hope more will do so in the future. I uh, would definitely like to be able to expand the show. And I can only do that with your support. And finally, if you want to catch up on some of my other musings, I do some off-topic on the minicast over on uh, anchor.fm uh, slash liberal band as well. Obviously, you can search for liberal band on there, and you'll be able to hear my podcast over there. You can also hear the Percy podcast from my little brother, uh, Nimbus Yosh, the host the most, uh, is at the Percy podcast on Twitter. If you listen to the Monday broadcast, a special episode of Liberal Dan Radio, because last Wednesday's episode was horrible. Um, you know, you, and it was much better. I listened to it a little bit afterwards, and it was definitely much better audio. I don't know if it was Blog Talk Radio that was the problem on last Wednesday, or if it was, um, if it was just just my my computer settings they weren't set up properly. Maybe I was getting some feedback. I hadn't shut off the second mic, so maybe they was trying to get both microphones coming in. I don't know, but you think I'm I'm a computer guy, so I figured it out and I got it working. And we do have Bringing a Boy back in the chat room. Welcome. 
thank you for joining us on our regularly scheduled program day. And today is pretty much an open line, open topic, open discussion thing. Anyone, anything you want me to talk about that includes you in the chat, if you want to post something, I'd be more than happy to expand holler into one of me, my local shows on local AM radio on WGSO. It's a conservative show, Jeff Cruer, uh, Ringside Politics. And I had called in a couple weeks back and I had mentioned, you know, the importance of wearing a mask and I talked about mask wearing and, and the two different Americas. And if you want to listen to his show today on his replay or on, on the, you could download it and listen to it. I called in right around the end or the beginning of hour number three, or maybe the beginning of hour number four. I think it starts at seven. I was at 10. So the beginning of the fourth hour after three hours was done. And I was, uh, I'm sounding crunchy, huh? There's something wrong with the audio today. I hope that's, I hope it's not a good thing. Um, Good. Let's see if I can uh, adjust some things. Maybe adjust some wires. I hope this is if this is a Wednesday thing. I might have to change the show to a different day if it's Wednesday. That's the problem. Who knows? Uh, it seemed to work well on Monday, and it's not working well today. Perhaps so I could see if um, what the sound sounds like, and if I can hear anything that does well. It's a little distracting, but I'll make do. Anyway, so the first, uh, yeah, the Lost Talk Radio is good, good at playing games. Yes, they are. And there's a possibility, an option potentially, where I might be moving the show. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, I hear that the, that the audio is a little, cho- little choppy. Um, but I. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing the audio right now back, and it does sound a little choppy. Um, so maybe I'll try and get. I think I am hooked up to the internet and everything, and wired, not wireless. That's good. Uh, who knows these days? I don't know what's going on. Totem's um, on the floor. I don't know who knocked that over. Maybe that's part of the issues. Who knows? Um, anyway. It's always something technical. It could be Cox. Cox Communications is also horrible when it comes to the cable. I had bad reception for about a good year until they fixed something. And now it looks like that, you know, something's laying on the cable. Maybe I'll have to fix that. Maybe I'll take an early commercial break and, and deal with that as well. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and do that. Let's, let's take a commercial break. I'll see about moving this cord and maybe see if that was the problem. Uh, come back, talk about uh, anything that you want to know about fair game. Again, um, it's area code 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio, off from the left, that's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, 
All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things. Nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Would you like to support Liberal Day and Radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Again, to join the conversation, take your code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. And hopefully the audio is a little better. I realized that the, um, the problem... One of the problems that might have hardwired the Ethernet cord was not plugged in to the to the to the router. Look at that! Amazing how that happens. Uh, I had to go replug that in. Um, I checked my speed, and the the speed up isn't as good as I would like it to be. So I might have to give them a ring after the show. Download speed is excellent, but my upload speed um, I should be getting about thirty <coughs> up if you're technically understand what that means. If not, oh well, 30 is what I should be getting. And according to this, I'm getting around 10, uh, which is now I'm getting around eight or seven or whatever. So I'm going to definitely have to give them a call because my uploads should not be that poor. And that's probably uh, a reason why I'm not, I might be getting some issues up, uh, i.e., hearing my my recording now uh although it's bringing boy says it is better so hopefully me plugging it into the router helped but still pay a pretty penny for cox and even though they do are giving a bit of a discount during the coronavirus i should be getting much better upload than oh, my gripe i guess for the day is cox internet sucks and uh, bringing boy in the uh chat asked about the press conference 
Mr. Brooks. I did have it on in the background as I was um, as I was doing some work. Um, so I did hear some some of the interviews. I didn't get to hear every single part of it, but I did have it on while I was working. Um, the charges, you know, they they basically threw the book at uh, at the officer who shot Brooks. Um, Rayshard Brooks is the one that got shot in Atlanta, and uh, they have charged with uh, murder in the death, and if he's convicted, he could face life in prison or the death penalty. Um, he, the demeanor, according to the district attorney, the demeanor of the officers immediately after the shooting did not reflect any fear or danger of Mr. Brooks. Um, and there was also a picture and uh, video showing not only did they shoot him, but the, op- the other officer kicked him afterwards, which is I mean, they say not to kick a man when he's down, and that's literally what they did. So here's your lesson. Don't kick a man when he's down um, because you could go to jail. Uh, Aggravated assault. The former officer is also facing six other charges. Uh, Aggravated assault uh, with a deadly weapon uh, linked to Brooks' death uh, could carry a possible sentence of 120 years. I think it's good that they're charging with multiple things because you don't want to just charge with murder and have that be the end of it because if that's the end of it and he gets off, for technicality, then guess what? There's going to be more problems in this country. Um, aggravated assault for kicking Brooks. Um, Ralph was wearing a shoe, quote, which when used offensively against a person is likely or to actually result in but serious bodily injury. Offense carries a sense of one to 20 years as well. Four counts of violation of oath by a public officer. Felony offense under Georgia law. Each offense carries a sentence of one to five years. Um, prosecutors are saying that Rolf broke his oath of office and didn't follow department policies when he used a taser as Brooks ran away, failed to render timely medical aid to Brooks, shot Brooks twice in the back, and failed to tell him that he was under arrest for driving under the influence. And four additional charges that are linked to the third shot that he fired, because the third shot that he fired hit an occupied vehicle in the Wendy's parking lot. Uh, three aggravated assault charges related to the three people who were inside the vehicle, one count of criminal damage of property in the first degree for damaging the vehicle in a manner to endanger human life by shooting it, is, at shooting it with a handgun. Roth was fired as well after then. Of course, the other officer is also facing charges, Devin Bronson, um, aggravated assault charge for stepping on Brooks' shoulder when he was lying on the ground. That's one to 20 years. Weird one, that, like usually here, like five to 10, 10 to 20 one to twenties, kind of weird, but I don't know. Maybe just because I don't live in Georgia. Um, you have also two violations of the oath of office that he takes as well. And one other interesting thing that's happening is Bronson, the second person, the one who is facing three charges, um, he is turning state's evidence. So potentially, I guess he's going to try and get a deal. And there was some questions, I guess, first of all, on you know. If how often that happens in Georgia and Atlanta, how often do cops flip on either their partners or what have you? It, you know, everybody here has heard about the thin blue line and how you don't want to cross the thin blue line if you're an officer. Everyone protects each other. I've talked about the thin blue line and said that that's problematic. Now, I would prefer to have had a situation where it's somebody who's not in 
facing problems legally himself uh, instead of, you know, the one coming forward and and providing evidence uh, to this officer and and to help uh, convict this person. But I guess we have to take what we can get. Um, And so that, that's going to be interesting to see the, the, how many people have problems um, with that? Uh, how many people try and say, well, can you believe what he said? I know people are going to say it, so I'm, I might as well just bring it up. How many people are going to um, say, oh, well, can he be trusted? Is his testimony worthwhile? Because he's only testifying to save his own butt. And maybe that's true, but he was there and he can testify as to what happened. So, you know, maybe but then again, do we really need him? We saw what happened on the video. We saw what happened, and which kind of brings me to the to the main thing about that I wanted to talk about when it comes to this murder is that we have a situation where you know people talk about defunding the police, whatever that means, whatever that means to you, whatever that means to the movement, uh, tearing down police departments the whole and building them back up from scratch in certain circumstances, massive overhauls in other circumstances, increased uh, changes in policies, etc. So we have, we have that discussion, you know, and part of that discussion is, is what is the role of police? What would, should be the role of police in this case? Like what could have or should have happened? Hindsight, obviously, being 2020, we have a situation where um, I was going to talk about another thing. I'll get back to my Corona point in a, in a little bit. Remind me uh, to talk about that. But um, you know, what what does it look like in in the new world, in the quote new normal, as some people like to say, of policing that might come from this out of the ashes? of modern day policing, what will come out of it? What, what, how will we handle this situation specifically? What are, what are good ways to handle this? Was he a direct threat to the lives of anybody? No, he was not. He was parked in a, in a, in a car. Now he was in a way to drive through. It was an inconvenience to some people. Sure. But he was parked in a car, passed out. He, he apparently failed his sobriety test. So, but and, and, and obviously, you know, driving drunk is one of the things that I that should be against the law. But was there ever a need to, to escalate this situation? They want the police in white hats, like in the Middle East. Not white hats like the Klan, but white hats. Um, I'm not sure what you mean there. Maybe you can expound on that. Um, but let's let's say... You handled the situation differently. First and foremost, if I'm working at the Wendy's and somebody's asleep in the car, am I going to call the police immediately? Or am I going to go knock on the door and be like, hey, buddy, what's up? How are you doing? Are you okay? Are, are, can, you, is it, can, you, can you pull this up? Can, do you want me to, to, to sit you down over here and I'll drive your car over to a safe spot and we can talk about what's going on? Um, a lot of people have said that, you know, maybe this is a case not where he was a habitual drunk driver, um, but if he was a, a drunk and somebody who needed alcohol help, you know, instead of trying to get an arrest, maybe you, since nobody was harmed in this case, you try and intervene in other ways, like bringing in 
social worker trying to gain, gain sobriety. Uh, maybe this is his first time drinking, and or uh, he's a novice drinker, and he didn't know what his limit was, and he made and he made a mistake. And fortunately, hopefully, no one else got hurt. So maybe somebody at Wendy's takes his keys and says, "Look, we're going to pay for your Uber to get home. The keys are going to be in the register. Uh, you can come back and get them when you're sober." Something like that. Empower people. Um, you know, you would need, you, this is not a situation, I think, where you needed to bring guns. It's not a situation where you needed to bring muscle. You needed to bring perhaps caring and compassion. This person might have been alive today, and maybe you would have helped him in a hard time. I don't know. But situations, I think that we are too quick to call the cops. Uh, I was I was having a discussion. I have lots of discussions on Facebook. I was having a discussion on one of my friend's Facebook pages, and we had one person who was bringing up um, how, you know, what police officers have to deal with. And, and I was like, look, but all of these points that you're bringing up in this conversation are relevant to the disproportionate use of violence, the disproportionate killing that takes place by police of black citizens. Uh, and I tried to show videos. I, I showed him the one video. I've talked about this video before uh, where you have an individual who is white, who is walking down the street, openly carrying, and the police officer does stop him. He asks to see his ID. The guy refuses. He's like, you don't need to see my ID. You know, Jedi mind trick type stuff, even though in reality it's, he doesn't need to see the ID. Um, and he's just asking him why, but politely and and, and you know why do you why are you carrying around this rifle? And then you show to go to the next guy, the black guy walking down the street, being filmed by his I think girlfriend or wife or what have you. And all of a sudden the cop car pulls up. He gets from behind the vehicle. He draws his service weapon and he tells him to get down on the ground. Tells him to put the gun away. Um, he is, and, and the only difference there is one guy was white and one guy was black. And the black guy is treated as if he is a threat. Black skin is treated as if it is a weapon. And he was forced to gun. That he was legally carrying a state. So that, 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 that's just two systems of justice that we have in this country. Um, so... So, so there's plenty of circumstances where, you know, I mean, in those circumstances, if you're not doing any harm, you know, I'm showing him that, okay, this is how we treat black people versus how we treat white people. And then I have this another video, I showed a video of a guy who went out, he, the cops came up, he was, this guy was ranting around, pacing in a park or whatever. Police come, he goes to his car, he comes back out, he has a gun, and he is pointing his gun at people, he's pointing the gun at cops the gun, all waving around all over the place. He never discharged the weapon, but he's pointing it around. And they waited minutes before anybody shot, and one shot was made. And then they just kind of let him sit there, and they didn't want to approach him because he still had his gun. But you know, then the guy kind of walked over, got up, walked over, sat down, back down in the shade, and then the police, like a group of them, came up with guns drawn, you know, they fired once and they didn't kill him. So, uh, this is a black guy. 
he probably would have been shot immediately because we have evidence of this because Tamir Rice, he was waving a gun around. Police roll up, shoot immediately. No questions asked. John Crawford, waving around a BB gun. Police pull up. Shots fired. No questions asked. But this guy, the police tried to reason with him. What's the difference? Well, one was white, the others were black. And then there was another video that I showed, same guy, or the same person, the same person that had a black guy working as a, he's a student, and he's a student worker, and part one of his jobs as a student worker is he was cleaning up trash around the building, around the dorm that he lives in, and that's one of the, one of the ways he was paying for his school. And there was no mention that there was any sort of discussion or any complaint made about somebody lurking or what have you. This police officer decided to make it his business. Person was loitering or trespassing on property he wasn't supposed to be in with no actual evidence that he was trespassing other than the fact that here's a black guy sitting on a porch. And... I mean, I was expecting to get shot in the video because that's what happens. And unfortunately, he wasn't shot. But at the end of the day, they harassed this guy for, I think, probably more than a half an hour. You know, as you know, the, the officer was trying to say that he had a weapon. The weapon, he had a, he had a pincer, little metal thing that you squeeze and it closes the little claw arm so you could pick up trash and a bucket. None of those things are weapons. I mean, I guess you could flail somebody with it, but I mean, he didn't ever come running at him with this with this claw. You know, you might leave a bruise if he pinches him with it. Now, I mean, you can swing anything and it'll, it'll hurt. That's hard. No, it, there's no reason that he needed to be stopped in the middle of his work. It took somebody else walking up saying, "I work for the university. I." vouch for this guy. He is a student here. He lives in this dorm. He's a student worker, and this is part of his job is to help clean up the trash around the dorm. And, this, and the thing is that in the video points this out, never once in that video, now the video was edited a little bit, but never once in that video, and I'll, I'll believe that it wasn't done in the edited parts either, never once in the video did the police officers ask the white guy for ID proof that he was an employee of the university, proof that he had any right to be on that property. They never asked him anything. They just took him at his word. But they kept insisting that this student, who he provided, a, he did show a student ID. Look, I go here. And the officer's like, well, do you have anything showing your address? Well, if somebody thought when I was in school, and if somebody showed, asked me, show me a, a, the address, an ID with your address where you're living right now, I wouldn't have been able to because my address was back in Maryland at the time because I was away at school. You know, students often do not change their, their mailing address or their driver's license address on, you know, for, to, to where they're staying at school, especially because they're likely to not be living there after the after the end of the school year it's it's i don't know how many people stay in the same building year after year unless you're an RA. it 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 just goes to show you it, it it's one of the things you know i can't imagine you know living 
as a black person in America. It's even today, like today, like there was a person who I don't, I don't know how many, I don't think I ever met this person, but you, you, you know, those people that you have where it's a friend of a friend and you have like, you know, 20 mutual friends and you're like, okay, well let's friend each other. Okay. And we'll all discuss politics or whatever. And this person, I don't know what happened. I don't know what caused this person to flip from being liberal to conservative, but I mean, she flipped from liberal to QAnon. Like, I mean, she just took the pill. I don't know if if you're going to use men's rights advocates. I want to say it's red pill is what you do. You take the red pill. That's what you do. Uh, I mean, you become more aware of your situations because now you're a men's rights advocate or what have you. Maybe I have that wrong. I don't. They're frustrating. But she's now all QAnon and, you know, trying, oh, I'm, I'm used to be a liberal. Now I've seen the light and this, that, and the other. And, and she got to the point where she basically told me to get off her wall and then she blocked me. Um, but the funniest thing is I was raised Jewish. I, I've, you know, and I've, I've been very vocal on my Facebook wall about not just uh, issues pertaining to Black Lives Matter and racial injustice. Uh, on my personal wall, but I've also talked about how it concerns me how Trump has uh, gotten close to and, and caused cozies up to uh, white supremacist, neo-Nazi type folks, and he, he makes excuses for them, especially after Charlottesville. And this woman had the nerve to call me, this woman had the nerve to call me anti-Semitic. And I shared, I took, a, I took receipts because I expected to be blocked because I knew it was coming. And I shared it on my wall. And everyone's getting a good kick out of the fact that Dan is is uh, anti-Semite. That's just crazy. Um, uh, put the bucket over the head and swing the pincher outside the bucket. You know that. You know treating treating the guy like a bell and put if 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 the guy at the college would have taken the bucket, put it on the cop's head, and then swung the yeah that might that might have hurt both his head and his eardrums. I can see that. But that wasn't happening. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the second commercial break. I'll come back and talk about the thing I originally wanted to talk about at the beginning of the podcast and take any calls as well or any other suggestions from bringing, bringing it boy in the chat room as well or anybody else who wants to join the chat room as well. Again, uh, the number to call in is 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, 
What a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room on the episode page at blogtalkradio.com slash liberal dan. And after the live broadcast, you can see your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com on facebook.com slash liberaldan and at liberaldanradio on Twitter. And you can follow me all those places as well and converse with me and such and, you know, have interesting political discussions. And outside of the hour, hour and a half or so that Liberal Dan Radio is on the air. So when I was starting the show, before I was worried about my audio being crappy again, we were talking about I was talking about uh, calling into the uh, Ringside Politics show with Jeff Correa, and I was calling into that show at about three hours in today. So if you want to look up the June 17th episode uh, of Ringside Politics at uh, WGSO.com, uh, you'll hear me. And, and you'll hear me, but pretty much I start getting very frustrated with Jeff. And he seems to be getting frustrated with me as well. And the reason I'm getting frustrated with Jeff is the fact that you know, I'll say one thing, and he just completely twisted. I mean, he's, I don't remember, remember him being that much of a twister. I don't, I, I always considered him to be a straight shooter. I, I always considered him somebody who caught it, you know, as he saw it, but, that, but not somebody who was going to spin the facts. And I flat out had to call him irresponsible today because, you know, you know, in the middle of the conversation, he did what many conservative people are doing when I talk about masks, face coverings, et cetera, bringing up the article. Well, well, at first they told us to not use masks. Well, at first they told us to not use N95 masks. That's what that article was about. Uh, they said not to use N95 masks in part because you have to wear it properly to protect yourself from getting the disease. You also have to, uh, we also wanted to make sure to keep those masks available for, healthcare workers, et cetera. 
And of course, he had to bring up that. It's just it's, it's like you, I could script the conversation. It's like I don't need to have the conversation with him. I can play both parts, and, and I could have the conversation with with a conservative without actually having to have a conversation with a conservative. I could just sit here and do it on my podcast for half an hour, and and because I'll know exactly what they're going to say, because it's frustrating that that they can't learn, I guess, new things which kind of goes back again to the two people who want to be able to learn new things, people who don't want to be able to learn new things. Um, I didn't talk about this, I think in the Monday show, but people who want to, people who can admit that they were wrong about something. And that, that's definitely part of the two Americas. You have, you have the Americas who can say, you know what? I was wrong, especially when it comes to Donald Trump, they can say, you know what? I was wrong. I supported Donald Trump and I wish I didn't or hadn't or what have you. Um, and, vote for somebody else, vote for Joe Biden or whoever in this upcoming election. Or if people who don't want to admit that they're wrong and, and they'll just keep doubling down on the wrong. Oh, well, well I've made wrong, but I can't admit it because then I somehow admitting that I'm, I'm, you know, flawed in some way and I can't admit that. So that way I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to dig my heels in and never admit that I was wrong. Never admit I made a mistake. And so I don't know if Jeff is is that or if he's just really just wanting to make himself because he's trying to get now. I mean, I think that the goal of every podcast is to get nationally known, to get support nationwide, worldwide, get that sort of support so he, you could be, be successful. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to have that to happen. Of course I want that to happen. But there are things that I'm willing to do to, to, to make that happen. And there are things that I'm not willing to do to make that happen. And one of the things that I'm unwilling to do to make that happen is, is, is start acting dishonestly and start representing people incorrectly. And if I start, look, if I represent somebody incorrectly, I want somebody to call me out and I'll say, you know what, here's why I said what I said, or I'll say, I, I appreciate you telling me that I was incorrect on this. I appreciate learning something new today and I will change my thoughts accordingly. So, yeah, it was, you know, I, I was, I, I'm talking about and repeat over and over and over again. The reason to wear face masks is not to protect yourself, but it's to protect others. To have a face covering on, it prevents, helps prevent you from spreading the disease if you have it. And he has to start going, well, if you're afraid and if you don't want to, you want to wear a mask and you're, you're afraid, then wear the mask, but don't force that. It's not, we shouldn't have to force anybody to wear a mask. There should not be any business that has to say, you must wear a mask to come into my business. And this is, he did prove himself to be one of those additional segments of America that I talked about in last week's show, because he's one of the ones where he says that if a business tells him, that he's not allowed to come in the store without a mask, that he's not using that store, that he is going to not use that. I'm like, are you crazy? So he's not even a supporter of, of a business's right to make that decision for themselves. He's not going to go there. I guess he might say, well, the businesses have a right to do it and I have a right to not shop there. Fine. The point is, is that you're getting angry over them trying to be safe and trying to protect their customers. Because, but to them, it's all about, you're afraid, you're afraid. And they keep saying that you're afraid. It's not about fear. It's not about fear of what what happened to me. It's about what might happen to others. 
If you, if I'm sick and I made somebody else sick because I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I'd feel guilty as hell. If I knew about it, these people wouldn't. These people don't give a rat's ass about if they infect other people. They if they the, the opinion is almost like if they die, they die, and that's sick. It's really sick. And I told him, look, you know, because he's repeating these pretty much lies about these about face coverings and he's 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 pushing the whole well before we were told that we weren't supposed to wear masks no it was just n95s and as we learn things which is what happens in science you learn things and you change you potentially change your activities based off of the new information but uh, but it's, oh, they told us not to wear masks, and now we're supposed to wear masks. And, oh, there was this one doctor who says that we shouldn't wear masks because you might breathe in your own CO2. You breathe in CO2 all the time. It's part of the atmosphere. You can breathe in CO2. And if you're that concerned about wearing, like, a medical mask, you can wear a bandana around your face. But somebody we had a conversation with on Facebook that basically said, when we told him, well, the face mask just means face coverings. And you could wear a bandana. You don't have to wear a face mask, like a surgical mask. You can wear something else that will protect your face. I've seen people walking around Costco with the face guards covering the plastic things, covering their whole entire face. That's fine, too. I'm fine with that. And I'm sure the experts are fine with that as well. That's the most important thing, listening to the experts. And maybe as bringing a boy said, you could put a bucket over your head. Use the bucket to prevent yourself from spreading the Rona. That maybe that works too. I don't know. Put in a put in a couple of eye slits so that you can see out of it, or maybe make a plastic. Uh, maybe cut out a square and put a plastic, a clear plastic over that, so you could walk around, and then you just walking around with a bucket on your head. <laughs> then worry about somebody else coming up with the trash picker and smacking you over it, because you know trash picker upper things is are such weapons. <sighs> so. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know what's up with him, with with Jeff. I don't know, you know, is it is it do I, do I do I want to have hope? I mean, he was back in the day when I ran for office. He was very helpful. Uh, he I, I don't know if it was just the fact that he didn't like the guy that I was running against, but he was very helpful. And maybe he just wanted my advertising revenue. I don't know. But anyway, he put me on the radio. He interviewed me. He didn't. He he wouldn't balk at that like other people would it was you know he was very helpful genuinely you know to me it was like genuinely a good guy who just we just differ on opinion on on many issues but and uh, it's probably true to say that it's probably trump because i've seen people just change like they get more bitter, they've gotten more angry, and, and I'm sure the people who are conservative say that their liberal friends have gotten more bitter and angry too, because there's just such division. Let's see, Dan. While the seasonal flu is not nearly as, as fast contagious as COVID-19, there's still thousands that die and won't wear face masks. More importantly, we have a vaccine for the flu, and still thousands die. Okay, I, I get that point. Um, the thing is, is that. People, I mean, people were always going to die from COVID-19. 
I mean, it was going to happen. You could, you're not going to prevent death from COVID-19. The, the idea that we would, that we were thinking that anybody was thinking that we could get zero deaths from COVID-19. It's, it's the fact that we want to reduce not only COVID-19 deaths, but deaths caused by problems created by COVID-19. For example, we were, that's why we, we, we wanted people to stay home because we didn't know how big it would explode because we didn't want people with COVID uh, swarming, the, filling the hospitals to capacity as, and as such, other people wouldn't be able to get the healthcare that they needed in other emergency type situations. So we have a situation with the flu every year. And and we estimate that we're going to get so many cases of the flu every single year. And so many, and a certain amount of those cases are going to be more severe, require hospitalization, maybe even lead to death, but requires hospitalization. So they plan for that just like they plan for, uh, the whatever one of vehicular you know accidents might happen, number of shootings that might happen every year, you know we obviously want to, we want to work to prevent those things, but we we and and we also have the vaccines that while they don't prevent you from getting every strain of the flu, they do help prevent you get some strains of from getting some strains of the flu, and it keeps the immunity which keeps the spread down to a manageable level. And yes, it's sad when people die. And maybe we should in the quote new normal bring up, you know, maybe we should wear masks more often in public. Maybe we should follow that lead that some other countries do. Maybe it would help us get less cases. But as we've seen in this country, people are kicking back against that. People are fighting that tooth and nail as it stands when it comes to COVID. If we start saying that people need to wear masks during the flu season too, these people are going to have a fit. I can only imagine how these people reacted when they had to have restrictions on their lives based on like, you know, World War II. I can only imagine they must have been, people like this must have been awful during World War II when you had to give up, you know, on potential things because we needed items for the war. They would have, maybe if this was made more into a real war instead of just, you know, the war and the virus as Trump's talking about, maybe if we could spin that that way, maybe that would get some more people on board. I don't know. But, but the idea that we're, we're not going to have any deaths from the flu, you know, even if we wear masks with the flu, we're, We're going to still have deaths because it's going to happen because you can't, there's nothing, there's no perfect way to handle a virus. It's going to spread, you know, at some point it's going to get to some people and some people are going to die. And it's sad and we should do as much as we can to prevent, which, which is one of the reasons why we advocate for vaccines, because vaccines do help a lot in preventing the spread of the disease. And do we close down the economy for the flu? You know, no, we don't, but, you know, we, we do other things that help us and maybe we should do more. Maybe we should have policies when it comes to, if you feel that you're fluish, that you should be able to go stay home and not go to work. And maybe you still get paid or, or maybe you don't have to worry about losing your job if you go home because you're sick, that sort of thing, you know, to make it less likely, but there's, but employers will be like, you're coming in. 
you're coming in, you're doing work, or you might lose your job, someone else. And then you have to make the decision, do I make other people sick or do I go to work? Which is part of the reasons why we had the, the policies that we put in place to help with expanded unemployment insurance, to help with, uh, to, to extend it to people who don't usually get it, to have the Paycheck Protection Plan, to help keep people getting paid and jobs. You know, I don't know why FOGO needed it, but that's a whole other story. Um, let's see. But 98% of people who were infected with COVID without underlying health conditions only get a mild case, and that's 2%. So let's so let's expand that. So there's about what 300 350 million people in this country. If we just opened everything up, let's say everybody got it. Let's just say everybody got it because we don't have vaccines. We don't have we, we we didn't do any social distancing, any nothing. And let's say eventually everybody got it and two percent died. Are we fine with two and a half million people dying? Okay, is that acceptable? I don't think so. Not at all. So, so I, I think if you had a situation where the where COVID nineteen kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back, but we had vaccines for it, and we had better preparation for it because it's cyclical, you know, I, I think we would be less likely to be calling for all of the social distancing and such because, you know we've planned the health system for the health system was not ready for COVID-19. And that's why we ultimately had to make the steps that we made. So could we, again, I would be all for if, if we had science, science, doctors, whatever. Um, I'm blanking on the word, so I'm not even going to try and say it with the disease experts. If we had, those people saying, look, during flu season, we would be much better off wearing masks like we did for the COVID. I would be fine with that. And if that's what the experts tell us to do, I think we should listen to them. If the experts think that doing that will save lives, then we should listen to them. If the experts think that that won't help during the flu, we should listen to them too. Because, I mean, yes, there's, there are diseases, that, they act similar in some similar ways, but there's also differences. One of the differences is that we don't have a vaccine for COVID-19. And, and if you're listening, Mr. Trump, we also don't have a vaccine for AIDS like you said we did. There's no HIV vaccine. Not there. It hasn't been made. But Donald Trump, in his word salads that he likes to come up with, decided that he was going to say, well, we came up with an HIV vaccine, so we can come up with a vaccine for the COVID too. It's, I, I really wish supporters of Donald Trump would come forward and just say, just tell me, if you voted for him in 2016 and you're still going to vote for him, just how can you deal with the stupidity? How can you handle all of the dumb stuff he says? He says a lot of dumb stuff. He makes Sarah Palin look smart. See, I think that people who are highly susceptible to contracting COVID, for example, someone who has a heart condition, um, that person knows it, will likely not be out and about. Well, that's the thing, though, is that, you know, my wife, I guess go into my personal life for a second. 
my job has asked, well, when are you going to come back to the office? Because some people are, and I'm still working from home. My wife uh, has a medicine that she takes that makes her immunocompromised. It is a biologic and the biologic, I think it is a biologic. Um, and the biologics can work to, um, it's, it's an immunosuppressant, I think, is, is what causes it to be problematic. So because she's on an immunosuppressant, if she catches it, she's more than likely to get sick and she's more than likely to be sicker than normal. So it's not just that she hasn't left the house much, if at all, since March. I mean, I, with the exception of just going out for a drive, which we did a couple of times just to get out of the house, just to drive around, I think she's left the house twice. And, and that's that's once to go pick up something at Target from the drive-up stuff and once um, for something else. I forget what the other thing was. But she went out twice. And I think she's been to her mom's a couple of times once I think phase one started. So so there's so, – so it's not – but it's not just about her keeping herself at home. If I go out – because I'm the one who does the shopping. I could still potentially bring something home. Now, when I go do, like say I go to Costco, I'll do things like I'll go and I'll come home and I'll throw all my clothes in the laundry and I'll go take a shower to wash off anything that potentially might be on me. I use a lot of hand sanitizer, you know, during and after uh, when I'm going out. I, I limit the amount that I go out to go where other people are going to be, especially when it's indoors. So, because if I catch something, I could pass it on to her. I don't believe that, you know, I, I think I may have had it at the beginning of this, but I, there's no proof that or any efficacy in the idea that if there's antibodies that they're going to be effective in preventing you from getting the diseases, uh, to again, preventing the virus. So th there's no evidence of that yet. And there there might be, we could gather that if people would agree to do like contact tracing and we had better testing, but we don't have good testing because this president doesn't like testing because he's afraid of what testing will show and what will do to his election chances because everyone will have seen <clears throat> exactly how poorly of a job he did in handling the virus. Back to the point was that, so I go out, the more people that I come into contact with when I'm at Costco, the more people who don't wear masks, the more people who... And, the, and then the people that they come into contact with, the people that they come into contact with, it goes, you know, however many steps away that you want to go that this thing could travel, you know, the, the more people that are out and about, the more, the more likely it is that you're going to bring it home to somebody that you know who is immunocompromised. So they, don't, they can stay in, but it doesn't help. So I'm trying to keep my, my time that I go out. I had a friend of mine who wanted to go play a game on Sunday at one of their houses instead of going out. And while I don't believe that any of them specifically are doing bad things and not being safe, it's still, I'm still concerned about my wife and I want to make sure that I protect her. So I can go out as little as possible. And that's what I think everybody should be doing at this point. Cause we don't have enough information to make other decisions because we have a president who doesn't want testing. And so, so yeah, it's not just enough to, for just the people that are immunocompromised to stay home. You know, let's say you have people at a nursing home. Well, let's say somebody works at that nursing home. He's not immunocompromised, but he has to go to work every day. He has to go run his required errands like going to the grocery store, getting gas, stuff like that. So the more people that he comes in contact with and the more people, the less socially distanced people are 
around him, the more likely he is to then bring whatever back to the nursing home. If they work at a hospital, a doctor's office, what have you, the more they come into contact with people and the more that those people come into contact with people, the likely it is to spread. And that's why we're seeing numbers coming back up again because Memorial Day weekend, everyone's like, okay, it's been enough time. We're going to go and we're going to go have fun. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to go do Memorial Day things because we're Americans and we don't like to be inconvenienced at all. And now we're seeing numbers going up. And you know what? We'll probably see numbers coming up again with the protests. Now, protests, I put protests in a different category than Memorial Day weekend, folks, because you didn't have to go to the beach on Memorial Day weekend. But protesting injustices that lead to the death of people you know what, if you're dead from the coronavirus or if you're dead from a bullet from a cop who shot you in the back, it's just as dead. So fighting against that is important. And there are a lot of people at those rallies who were wearing masks, were wearing some sort of face coverings. And part of that might have been to hide their face, but, you know, good. Two, uh, two birds, one stone, if you will. Now, will we see a spike in cases two weeks after these protests? Maybe. It's probably going to happen, and it's going to, and and if and if and if it shows that we're not, we're not going to get those things, then, you know what, you know maybe maybe the protests show that maybe we can open up more because maybe if the protests didn't result in these problems that of the virus spreading, then maybe that's a step that we can move in in, a, in an additional direction. Maybe we'll get that data. We won't get that data or data, if you will, if we don't do testing. And again, we have a president who doesn't want to test. So, and that's an that's an unfortunate thing because when you reject reject science, reject experts, and you're only politics only doing politics based on poll numbers, that's how people get hurt. That's how people get sick, and that is how people die. And this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio. Uh, tune in next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. I'll be right here. Um, you, until then, you can follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, LiberalDan.com. You have the Anchor Podcast, and support me at Patreon.com slash Liberal Dan as well. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Bye.